Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Reps Podcast. I am the host today, Charlie Kale. I am a former Division One soccer player as well as a professional soccer player. It is called Reps because it stands for Repurposing Yourself After Sports. The purpose of this podcast is to help others, including myself, transition from sports into the real world or just the termination of sports. And I want to talk about the mental aspect as it's not talked about a lot done and retired from sports. It's a big concern when you're in sports and in college and maybe in high school, but when you're done, it's not talked about as much. So the purpose of this podcast is to just help others through the transition and with life after sports. To start off, I'm so thankful for everyone that's listening and tuning in today. It just helps me, honestly, with my transition, and it hopefully helps others. So if you are available, I'd love if you're able to leave a review on the podcast and also follow us on all social media where we keep up to date with what we're talking about. Yeah, so to start off today, we have a very special guest. She is a former Division I gymnast. She has ran around 40 triathlons, or sorry, 40 marathons, a few triathlons, and is also an Ironman finalist. And most importantly, she is my mom. So please give a warm welcome to my mom, Wendy Wexler. Hello, I'm Wendy Wexler. I'm a currently practicing pediatrician in Toledo, Ohio for 27 years. Amazing. Can you please give us, just to start off, a little background, even though I just said, about where you did gymnastics and the other sports you were involved in? When I was in my youth, uh, it was a different world. You could do more than one sport at a time, and you really didn't need to travel halfway around the country at the age of 10 so I competed in gymnastics, softball, swim and dive for the main sports, and I did most of them all the way through high school. And then in end of high school, I concentrated more on gymnastics my senior year and got recruited to go compete on all four events at the University of Wisconsin and obtain my bachelor's in psychology and zoology so that I could uh, pursue a career in medicine. That is so amazing. I think this is where I get all my athletic ability from. Sorry, Dad, if you're listening. But so you had such an amazing career when you were doing gymnastics. And I, from what I've heard from you, can you tell us just a little bit about the mental side of being a gymnast, at least when you were in it, and like how it, you think it has affected you to today? Um, as everyone knows, gymnastics is an individual sport. The coaches push you pretty hard, but you probably push yourself even more. Um, it's a lot of your own body and your own strength and your own mental state, which when I was young, we didn't really talk about the mental state so much. And also the years I was in gymnastics, it was still a body image of being tiny. So there was definitely a lot of eating disorders, um, which led to other medical conditions. If you want me to touch on those, I will, such as anorexia, bone loss, bulimia. Those would be the main ones. 
Yeah, so the whole point of me today bringing on is my mom is because she is a pediatrician and has studied medical stuff. I thought she could enlighten us on some reasons like mentally, scientifically, why we are the way you are when you finish sports, why you could be affected in certain ways and why you might have more of a difficult transition out of your sport. So you did just say that you maybe experience anorexia when you were playing can you maybe talk about how that can affect like athletes when they're done and if you think that has affected you at all when you've like finished your sport um it'll definitely affect you in whatever sport you're in but especially gymnastics cross country ballet the ones where you try to keep yourself thin so if you're not going to eat a lot and you can exercise normal, but if you start eating more, then you're probably going to start exercising like crazy because you're always worrying about your body image, and it could possibly carry through to your whole lifetime. Do you think that's something that has affected you personally? It definitely affects me personally, which is probably the reason I don't sit still now, but I don't always eat healthy. But uh, I definitely try to maintain health and a healthy diet about 90% of the time. So you think that when, I'm sure this affects other athletes, they're like always worried about what they're eating and what their body looks like, especially I know you used to get weighed in every day, which is so crazy to think about. And now like I'm sure still like deep down in the back of your mind, you're always thinking like, oh, I need to look this certain way and eat this amount because, you know, that's just what you kind of like were brought up learning. You think that I'm stating that right? I would say that is what I thought for a long time, but the older I get, I realize it's uh, less important. But being in the field of uh, medicine, I feel like you should still keep yourself in shape. If I'm going to promote a healthy lifestyle to the children, uh, I should probably lead a healthy lifestyle. I think that's amazing that you're able to take it and like teach the youth about this and like also in your office like show younger kids like how you could have an active lifestyle and what it is to live a healthy life because I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with so when you were done do you think you struggled mentally with anything I would say I struggled with the same things you've already touched on with everybody else that you've interviewed the uh, camaraderie of your teammates the structure and the going to the gym every day. But the transition may have been easier for me because when I was done with college sports, I started medical school. So anyone who's gone to medical school or grad school probably understands you're in class two, three hours, and then you're spending four to six hours studying. So the transition was easier for me because I was pretty busy studying. When I wasn't studying, that's when I started running quite a bit. Okay, so you just mentioned that you started running quite a bit, and I mentioned in the introduction that you then went to do like triathlons and Ironman and also a lot of runs and races. Do you think that is because when you are playing a sport, you get all these dopamine and endorphins, and you're like really on this high when you're playing and you're surrounded by all your teammates, and then when you're done, you don't really know how to get that dopamine and those endorphins, so you find it through other like runs and races. Do you think that's what has helped you? That is definitely why I kept exercising, and plus the people who got me into all the racing and running started right in my last year of college, which was other fellow gymnasts, and most of us always tended to lead a healthy lifestyle, racing and running, and in fact, just uh, last week, I was out skiing in Lake Placid with a girl I grew up with who competed in both uh, 
local gymnastics and college gymnastics. So still 40 years later, we're basically getting together to either go ski in the winter or go bike ride in the summer. So we have lessened our intensity and maybe our duration, but we still surround ourselves by exercise and going outside because we're so used to that 40 plus years into our life. Can you touch base on, like, scientifically why that occurs and why a lot of athletes get depressed when they're done playing? Is it because of these endorphins and stuff? Yes, when you're exercising, it uh, will decrease your cortisol level. So if you're not, uh, and, uh, okay, so your cortisol level will be decreased and you'll be less stressed out so the exercise brings down your stress brings down your cortisol because if you're in a state of too high of cortisol all the time you're going to feel jittery you're going to tie yourself out you're going to be worrying you're just going to be exhausted that's that's one hormone then you have the neurotransmitters of the serotonin and the dopamine and norepinephrine and when you exercise these are released now they can be released by other hobbies but most athletes tend to turn to exercise. If not, they will probably turn to video games or gambling, which will also release similar neurotransmitters. So when people aren't able to find these other hobbies, do you think that's what gets them in kind of the depressed or anxious state because they're not finding a source to release all these endorphins? Yes, I've seen many athletes turn, obviously, to alcohol and drugs and bad lifestyle choices. We've all seen these on the news. So exercise will be one way to release these neurotransmitters. There's counseling and there's medicine, which may be beneficial for some people. And also they could pick a different hobby if their body should happen to be injured. Yoga, there's music, there's art, there's painting, reading, book club, word puzzles. There's other things. I'm not saying everyone needs to be exercising, although probably walking 20 minutes a day for most Americans at least five days a week would be a good idea. But uh, if you should be really injured from your sport, you could probably change your hobbies to other things that these have already been mentioned on the podcast, like the journaling and the yoga and the uh, just talking things out and communicating. Yeah, I think that's great advice because for this podcast, for, uh, specifically for this episode, I was doing a lot of research and just like deep diving into like the rates of depression and like how athletes are when they finish their sport. There's actually not a lot of research about athletes in their depression after the sport. There's a lot of it when they're within the sport and when they're like actually competing. But when they're done, there is a huge gap in the exploration of the like the link between the serotonin and your depression levels in all these things that athletes are experiencing after so overall like the whole point of this podcast is maybe even to get the word out there that there's not a lot of research and this is something that a lot of athletes are like going through as I've mentioned before 40 percent of athletes when they retire are getting these like depressive feelings because maybe as my mom mentioned they don't know how to release these new like chemicals that they're so used to releasing every single day and also if you're a female listening I just saw this quote or this this fact that was interesting where females have a higher level 
a percentage of being depressed after the sports than men. So if you are someone that is struggling, as my mom mentioned, like there's things to reach out to, such as counseling, maybe you need to go see a doctor, or maybe you just need to talk it out with somebody else. So mom, you've mentioned a few of these mental health issues that you went through and like why it could be hard for others, like the scientific reason. Can you maybe talk a little bit more about anorexia and maybe if you're struggling with that what's like the best way to go through it because I don't know if this is okay to mention but I know you said like when you're going through it like you would eat like celery every day because you're scared of what you're going to eat so I'm sure like athletes nowadays are still struggling with that so can you maybe just touch point on that well from the medical perspective there is a um, 20% death rate actually from anorexia and bulimia over time I don't know if a lot of people know that because eventually the lack of nutrition or the bulimia is going to cause heartburn, teeth problems, and then the anorexia can cause different cardiomyopathy, cardiomyopathies and muscle wasting and arrhythmias. So obviously everyone wants to look good for their sport, but I think now the culture is a little bit better because they're promoting protein and healthy diet and uh, lean body mass, but not to the point of anorexia. So uh, I don't really see so much anorexia anymore, maybe more bulimia, but neither of them are good for your overall health because your heart, your brain, your muscles, they need the appropriate electrolytes, fluids, glucose, carbohydrates, fats, and proteins to function. That is super interesting. Like I've obviously heard about it like from not a scientific level, but now that you explained it more, I think I actually understand it more. Because I do know even like in college, I remember some girls would really struggle with eating and their food intake because they were nervous of what they would look like in their body image. And also they were just always nervous they were eating too much. But I mean, not. and then when they were done, I'm sure they're probably still struggling or they might not be. But I know that is something at least a lot of girls um, do struggle with. And I've talked with a few of my male friends who have also struggled with that and with like seeing how much they could intake and stuff like that. So I know that you've repurposed yourself through your job and also obviously through having me and my brother and just um, running triathlons and marathons, but can you touch on some more things? Okay, when I uh, finished and actually while I was doing gymnastics, most of the time I always coach kids. I obviously love kids. Uh, That's why I'm a pediatrician. And I love coaching kids. So when I was at Wisconsin, I stayed almost all the summers, coached the kids in the gymnastics camps. When I came back to medical school, I coached the kids. Also in gymnastics, I coached the kids at the YMCA in gymnastics. I ran the cross-country team at my kids' middle school. And uh, I just love to coach kids. So uh, my next goal or maybe Charlie and I are going to merge in something for athletes when they've finished maybe start a walking program where people can just talk these things out and meet in places and there's actually these programs that already occur they could be like walk with the doctor for families athletes young kids just to get together and get off their social media and communicate and release their neurotransmitters, decrease their stress, and improve their overall health. That's great that you're able to, like, help the now younger people that are going through this struggles and, like, the 
just the different generations and stuff. So I do have one last question. Do you think there's any like stereotyping that goes towards you because you are a female who likes to work out a lot or when you were in college and then you finished, do you think there is like, I'm just curious because I know from the research I've been doing, there are like a lot of females who feel weird about working out when they're done with sports because I mean, not that you should ever like listen to other people's opinions, but other people have opinions about females who like to work out a lot after they're done playing their sports. But as we said before, it's because you want to release all these chemicals. So what do you think you could do to like combat that? And like, did you struggle with that? I really personally didn't struggle with that because I kind of marched to my own tune, as uh, my kids know and most people know. So it didn't really bother me that 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 much. So uh, I just continued to do it. Obviously, my friends and other people, they used to call me, quote, crazy mom because every other mom would be in their car while their kids were at their sports. But I... And a few of the other moms, we'd be running our three to six miles or biking 20 miles. And we still continue to do this this day. So uh, it's just uh, what I do. Anyway, And actually nowadays for the half marathon and a lot of triathlons, I think the numbers are pretty even between the men, the women, and uh, everybody else. Oh, wow, that's super interesting to know. All right, so just to end, can you give us maybe like – a few tips, like your top tips and your top goes-tos for repurposing yourself after sports and, like, what has worked best for you and what you think, like, people listening should be doing, especially, like, based on all the scientific stuff we talked about. Well, in terms of the scientific stuff, in order to release the neurotransmitters, you should find an avenue, whether it be sports or art or journaling or yoga, like I mentioned before, most people tend to give back to their community through coaching, supporting the kids, fundraising for them. And if you can't do the sport, you can always volunteer as an umpire, a ref, a field marshal, the guy handing out the water, whatever it is. So that is probably the thing most people do the most is give back to the sport um, by all, any of those various volunteer opportunities. Amazing. Well, Mom, thank you so much for coming on. You're my inspiration for a lot of the things I do. I don't think I would have like started this podcast if I didn't like hear about all your stories and everything you've gone through. So huge shout out to inspiration, not only to me, but to so many of my friends. Like so many of my friends are like, wow, when I grow up, I inspire to be like your mom. Like I want to be as active as she is. I want to like live a healthy lifestyle like she is. So if anyone is struggling with that and needs even more tips than this podcast, I'm sure my mom is more than happy to talk with you about like what she did and how she got through things because I know she's helped a few of my friends before. But mom, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you for having me, and um, as I always say, everyone should try to bring some health and happiness into their life. Well, that is the end to this podcast. Thank you for listening. Let me know what you think about it. Obviously, I'm eight episodes in, and I'm still trying to get but I'm sure I could find somebody to interview. But I have a few exciting interviews coming up with some ex-athletes, so hopefully you guys will tune in and leave a review and let me know. But I hope it's going well with repurposing yourself after sports.